All right, welcome to Talking Giants. It's our week off, but we're not taking time off. We got some stuff for you guys. Uh, on this episode, I have an interview with Rich Soybert that I did back in January. Really good interview. Rich Soybert's not the most exciting guy in the world, but he has a lot of stories. He was a part of a lot of Giants history. We talked about uh, that playoff game against the 49ers back in uh, 2003, I believe it was. Uh, we, we, we covered a lot. You know, the Super Bowl... Um, you know, how he fit with Eli, the David Tyree catch. We hit all that kind of stuff. So it was a lot of fun. Rich Storbert's a really good guy. I mean, he's as good as a guy as there is. And so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, and if you want to listen to about the Kevin Durant and the Nets stuff, make sure to go check out my episode of Sunland Radio that is out now. We appreciate it. So bef- without further ado, an ad and then Rich Storbert. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, we now welcome onto the program a very special guest. He's a 10-year NFL veteran, every year with the New York Giants, offensive guard, Super Bowl 42 champion, Rich Soybert. How you doing, Rich? Hey, I'm doing good, Bobby. Thanks for uh, having me on today. Yeah, man, we're definitely looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big Giants fan and, and, and a bigger fan of the offensive line, and uh, so it's definitely going to be fun. But I, I want to kind of go chronologically through your career. Uh, obviously, you were an undrafted free agent, and you know you broke the starting lineup. But there was a moment early in your career that you know everybody remembers, but people might not remember that it was you. Uh, the playoff game against the 49ers on the the botched snap on the field goal. Oh yeah, I remember well. Yeah, so um, you, uh, we were up by a bunch, and uh, the Niners came back and ended up beat, beating us in that game. But we had a chance to kick a field goal at the end to. Uh, to win it, and I was the eligible tight end. I reported eligible. Uh, bad snap, um, a fire call, right? It's to uh, it was to run a corner route, or at least to the sticks, or you know, time and place of the game. So I knew I had to get to the end zone because it was going to be the last play. Um, I was open. I had a couple steps on him. Uh, the ball was thrown up there, and I was tackled before I had a chance to catch it. So I believe they came back the next day saying that it was pass interference. It wasn't called. We had somebody else um, was uh, the illegal man down the field. It should have been offsetting penalties, and we should have re- uh, re-kick it. Yeah, but um, the, like we've seen this year, you know, the referees are never perfect. So yeah, so I, I, yeah, the NFL actually went in and apologized for that. Um, but I kind of want to ask, you know, obviously that was before the social media days. Um, one, what was the locker room after that like that? And then, I mean, what do you think would have been the backlash from you know players where you, you, you see so many players are so outspoken on social media? I mean, do you think it'd be remembered as, you know, the tuck rule almost? Uh, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Um, the locker room itself, obviously, um, you never know how many opportunities you get, you know, in the National Football League to uh, make the playoffs one, but to make a run in the playoffs. And we were playing pretty well down the stretch that year. You know, uh, we had a young offensive line, and the offense was finally uh, starting to come around uh, the last three, four weeks of that season, putting some points up on the board, and our defense was playing well. And, I think we're all in shock, you know, um, it was nobody's fault, you know, uh, I know people gave Trey Junkin the long snap a hard time, but 
had never been in that situation. You know, we were up by, I believe, I don't know, 28, 30 points, and, um, you know, T.O. Uh, went off on us, and they caught us, and they ended up beating us in that game. But uh, there's a lot of plays. Um, I missed blocks, and we missed some catches, and we missed some runs, and we missed some tackles. So it wasn't just one person's fault. You know, it was a team. It was a team effort that lost, and I'll never forget about it. And every time the Giants play the Niners, it seems like that, that play is brought up. Right. So I, I want to fast forward a couple years. You know, uh, Jim Falso gets fired, and, you know, he was a pretty successful coach for the Giants, obviously making the playoffs that year and the Super Bowl in, uh, you know, a few years before. So obviously he gets fired, and, you know, they bring Eli in. And, uh, you know, Cawthon is, is known as a, a no-nonsense kind of tough guy. What would, I mean, did the guys in the locker room not really want a guy like that? Because, you know, obviously you guys ended up loving him in the end. But, uh, I mean, was there kind of some, you know, animosity towards him when he, it fir- he first came? Uh, not for me. You know, um, I'm sure some of the older guys probably uh, they weren't used to it or whatnot. But I think being an offensive lineman, like you know, uh, we come to work, we work hard, we do things hopefully the right way and uh, to the best of our knowledge, which we, 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 we try to do the right way, right? And uh, me being a free agent, the, the harder you work, uh, the more Coach Coffin respected you. So, you know, I was coming back from a broken leg. Uh, Coach was hard on me. You know, I was in there lifting pretty much every day from – you know, the end of that season to, uh, when he got hired till you know, the following season. But uh, he was equal to everybody, right? So it didn't matter if you were, you know, the uh, the biggest guy on the team or, or, or the rookie Frazier on the team. Uh, he treated everybody the same. And that's what I respect him the most. You know, he didn't sugarcoat anything. He was hard on us. Um, he was fair, but uh, he, he was hard. And um, I love him for it. You know, I learned a lot from Coach Coughlin. And, you know, every year he, I want to say lightened up, but, um, I don't know what even the right word would be used, but uh, we grew as he grew as a coach, we grew as a family, we grew as a team, and obviously, uh, you know, he's one of the greatest coaches in Giants history. So, yeah, it de- out. definitely. Now, you said he treated everybody the same, but I, I, I need an honest answer on this question. Was it uh, was it was it bullcrap that your guy Chris Nee married his wife and, and pretty much guaranteed himself a roster spot? No, you know, <laughs> I think uh, you know back back. Back then, uh, it wasn't called bullying. You know, it was called um, it was called uh, having fun and, and all that good stuff. So uh, we were uh, we weren't hard on Chris, but you know, we uh, it, we had some fun with Chris and Coach Coffin about that situation. But you know, Chris is uh, one heck of a player, and he proved that pretty early on in his career. So um, I'm sure everybody at first was up. Oh, you know, son-in-law got picked in the second round. You know, and everything that goes with that. But uh, Chris Schnee, uh he's he's, he's Yeah, um, you know, obviously Chris Nee and, and then, you know, the other guys, David Deal, Sean O'Hara, and Kareem McKenzie, you guys stuck together for a long time as, as one unit, and, you know, we almost never see that in the NFL uh, anymore. Um, what do you think that was? Is, is, was it just the team, you know, once they found, you know, those five, you, you five guys that they said, you know, they made it a, a priority to keep you guys together, or was it, you know, guys making sacrifices to, you know, to make you I guys I think uh, a, a little bit of both, you know, um, I thought we worked well together. We generally liked each other, and we enjoyed each other. And we enjoyed hanging out outside of football. Uh, you know, there's you know, there's times where you're going to be the first one in, you don't want 
want somebody else to beat you into that locker room in the morning to watch film and you know you stay you want to stay later everything we did we we, we uh, competed with each other you know we want to outwork the guy next to us and you know um but we truly loved each other and you know we still hang out to this day and we still talk about the good old days and and all that fun stuff but that being said every year they bring in new guys to try to replace your butt you know so um it kept us young and it kept us working hard and uh, you know, me being a free agent and Sean, you know, he was a free agent coming out of college and uh, we all had chips on our shoulders. Um, David Dill being a fifth round pick and, you know, Kareem being drafted by the Jets but becoming a free agent coming over to the Giants. Uh, we all had something to prove. We all had we all had our own motivation and um, we enjoy, I enjoyed playing next to Sean and Dave for all those years and, uh, you know, I imagine it's a mutual feeling between those guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, maybe it's just because I'm a Giants fan, but I mean, there's not really an offensive line that you remember, you know, staying together for that long and being as successful as you guys. And obviously, with success came, you know, Super Bowl 42. Uh, I want to, you know, ask a couple play, a uh, couple, a couple, you know, plays. You know, what your mindset was. I guess we'll start chronology. That that fourth and one where you know it looked to be an inside zone. You know, which obviously is uh, open for cutbacks. You know, with uh, Brandon Jacobs getting that one yard. I mean, how nervous was it? And, uh, you know, I mean, what were the thoughts going through your head knowing that, you know, he was going, you know, probably right right behind your ass? Uh, it's basically stay low, get push, uh, don't get beat, right? You know, it was, um, you know the play, they know the play, and you know, they know we had a big back behind us. And uh, Brandon runs hard, so we know we just have to get him started. You know, just don't get him hit in the backfield, and he'll fall forward for a yard. So, um it's not like we were trying to, you know, spring a 60-yard. It would have been nice, right, if we would have sprung one. But we just needed a yard. Stay low, move your feet, and uh, get off that football, you know, and uh, obviously don't jump off sides. But um, I don't think there's any doubt in that huddle. We weren't going to get that, you know, that first down. Uh, we had we had some confidence in us, um, you know, coming from playing New England a few weeks ago, a few weeks prior to that Super Bowl game. I, I know we didn't put up that many points in the Super Bowl, but a couple weeks prior, you know, we did, and. Uh, we had confidence, and we believed in each other, and we believed in Brandon, and uh, we knew we could get that one yard. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, you know, when we, you know, put it out to our listeners of, of what kind of questions uh, they, they wanted to ask, obviously this was the biggest one, the David Tyree play. I'm sure you've been asked about it a million times. Every Everybody from that team is. But, uh, you know, from, you know, the offensive line, you know, they ran a stunt, and, you know, you guys did get beat. You know, there's a famous picture where yeah. you know, Eli's just uh, escaping it, and you're right there. Kind of, you know, obviously there's a lot of plays and you don't remember your thoughts, but I, I remember from my playing days in big games, you, you remember, you know, thoughts throughout a play. So, I mean, from getting beat to Eli escaping and, and throwing a duck and then the catch, I mean, what what was, you know, the thoughts and the range of emotions through that play? Uh, it happened quick, man. You know, I think uh, they, they ran a little um, EN game or TE game or whatnot, a little twist between Sean and I. We got picked. We got a little bit off level. Which happens, you know, you don't want that to happen at that moment, but it did, and uh, we all know how that play ended up. So, you know, people always want to give you like credit or David D type, but that play never would have happened if it wasn't for us up front getting a little beat. But um, uh, what goes through your head, like every other play, throw the ball. Like in your mind, you're just like, oh my god, I hope he throws it, I hope he throws it, I hope he throws it. And obviously, when you watch that play now, like we never quit, right? So after we got beat, we still tried to peel back and, and, and get him off at of Eli. And, you know, Sean was Sean was trying to push him off, and I was trying to get the guy off. And for some reason, you know, um, <laughs> uh, Eli found, found a way to get out of there, and uh, he threw that ball down the middle of the field. And I never saw the I, I never saw the catch playing the game. Obviously, I saw the ball thrown. I'm you know you're trying to watch the ball go, and you don't know 
they caught it. And, you know, we were running up there, and I believe we took a timeout or we uh, we ran another play. It's uh, It happened really quick. And um, <laughs> it was a heck of a play. You know, that's what it takes to uh, to win a game like that against a good team like we were playing. You know, you needed to make a play. And uh, Eli and Tyree, you know, they found a way to get it done. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, you know, you're, uh, you'll always be a part of probably, you know, the most famous play in NFL history. Um, I want to move on to the next year, though. You, you know, you guys started out hot, 12-1, and one, and, you know, you guys up front were probably the biggest reason for that. You know, Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw were having an amazing year. Um, but then, obviously, you know, the incident with Plaxico happened, and, you know, you guys finished, I think it was 2-3, and three, and then and then lost in the playoffs. Was that just coincidence that that is what kind of led to the down spiral? Or, I mean, I mean, what happened at the end of the season with, you know, you guys defending Super Bowl champions and then, you know, uh, you know, falling off like that in the end of the season? I really don't know. I, you know, that's a, that's a tough one, you know. I play the, play the game every week. It's hard as I can play it, and so did my teammates. And uh, for some reason, you know, without him being in that field, it made us a different offense. And it took something away, you know. Uh, I know, like, playing against the Eagles there, we, we played them in the regular season. They they had to put the safety over the top of them, you know, because he would, he'd be killing them. And, uh, you know, without him, they could put Dawkins on the box, and it was hard to run the football. So, obviously, uh, one guy doesn't make a team, but, you know, one guy can affect the way other teams play against you. And um, we just didn't find a way to get done. You know, I always say that was probably one of the best teams I ever played on. And um, I'm sure it was one of you know, the best teams I played on, but... Uh, you know, we were running the ball. We were coming up that Super Bowl year, and we just didn't uh, get it done down the stretch. Which, like, like uh, when I was younger, right? You never know how many opportunities you get, and um, that was one of them that we let slip away. Definitely. All right. So I, I want to end it with a, you know a, a few shorter questions. Uh, some from uh, the listeners. Uh, who who was the best block, or who was the best back to block for? Was it you know Tiki, Ahmad, Brandon? I liked all of them. You know, my uh, my younger days, I had Tiki behind me, and we used to run, uh, you know, thirty four and thirty five Bob Scissors, and it was kind of his uh, the the, uh, the misdirection play, the counter play. We used to call it the Scissors play. Coach Pope and uh, uh, Coach McNally would uh, draw him up for us, and you know, he would just find a way to get up behind you and make you look good. You know, he would just say, "Listen, Rich, just run straight. I will block the guy for you," and, and he did. You know, uh, I enjoyed getting downfield for him. And, uh, it was fun, and then as I got older, obviously with with Hamad and Brandon and D Ward and those guys, you know, um, you know, we always had some backs behind us that we knew they had our back, and um, no matter what, they're going to run hard, and they weren't going to bitch about, you know, uh, if we did get beat out of play, they would just say, you know, let's let's just get it done next play, and they 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 always had faith in us, we had faith in them, and um, I think I was lucky, you know, uh, Tiki, you know, early on, you know, he was our offense, right? And then later on, you know, uh, between those three guys, uh, run the ball, Jacobs and, and, and Ahmad and, and D Ward, you know, there's, they were tough, you know, uh, tough, tough, tough guys. And, you know, we don't get to see each other too often now, but when we do, you know, there's always a big hug in, in the way. And, uh, I love those guys. They, they ran hard and we, uh, we try to block their butts off for them. Yeah. Um, something extremely noticeable about that team. And it's actually kind of seemed to come out more as you guys have retired. You know, talking with guys like Brandon, and then you know when, you know Tom Coughlin resigned. You know, it's all a lot of you guys came together. You know, uh, you know Justin Tuck. A lot of people were very outspoken, and it's it's hard to get you know a locker room to be family. Uh, you know, for one year. I mean, what led to you guys being so clo- such a tight knit bunch that really never had, or at least externally didn't have like have a lot of locker room issues. 
has been our leader. You know, it starts from the top, and that's Coach Coughlin. You know, and it's everything he does, everything he did to make us a team. You know, it worked obviously, and people ask what that was, and I don't know. It's hard to explain. You know, we just truly enjoy playing for each other, and uh, like I don't know, one of the best events we all do together is, uh, you know, Joe, license plate guy. We all know who the license plate guy is, right? Yeah, uh, he yeah. puts on he, he puts on the Landon Collins you know charity softball game to raise money for the uh, for the for the Tom Coughlin J Fund, and it's hard to get a few guys to show up at events, let alone the majority of your team. And you know, for the last two years, the majority of us were back playing in that softball game, and you know, it's uh, I look forward to it every year. I know it's only two years old, but uh, it's fun to see your old teammates. It's fun to hang out and you know have a couple beers and, and play some softball, even though some some of us aren't that good at it. Uh, some of us think we're better than we are, but you know it's just fun to have laughs and uh, get back together. And I have no clue how we became like that, but I know that that's the reason why we were a good team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you know, we we're, we're close with you know he's not the fullback anymore, but Shane Smith on the Giants, and it was unbelievable to see how many of you guys you know show up for that one event. Um, yeah, that was fun. I'll, I'll finish it off with you know our last question. It's a, a fan submission from uh, Billy Bob ninety eight ninety eight ninety eight. He says, everyone likes to ask who was your toughest opponent, but who was who the easiest, someone who you knew that Sunday you'd get, you know, 10 pancakes against or so? Shit. Nobody in the NFL, Billy Bob. You know, uh, <laughs> that's, that's not the way it works. Yeah. Um, not, uh, that's not the way I played. Uh, I couldn't go into a game thinking like that, you know. Uh, every week, people, I, just, I, I don't know who the best player was. I know every week. Uh, if you didn't go into there thinking you had your hands full, you were gonna get your butt beat. So, um, week in and week out, you know, you came, you came ready to play. And, uh, there was no cupcakes in the NFL. I wish there was, but there was not. So, um, I couldn't say, I would never say it anyways, but like, I couldn't tell you. I know who I enjoyed playing against, and that was always the, you know, the best of the best. I enjoyed going against Albert Hainsworth when he was playing, you know, at his prime. And, you know, those, those Eagles with the D tackles when, uh, they had that defense with Darwin Walker and Corey Simon and, uh, whatnot. And, you know, New England's old line when I was young with Seymour coming off the, you know, the 3 4 D end, pinching in. Um, you know, it was fun. It was fun to go against the best of the best. Uh, that's what I look forward to every week. Definitely. Well, listen, Rich, we really appreciate your time. Uh, you know, it's a big help for us. And, uh, yeah, thank you, man. Uh, you know, uh, you know, have a good one. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks, Bobby. I appreciate it, man. All right. Have a good one, man. All right, really hope you enjoyed that interview. It's always fun getting to talk about the guys you looked up to, especially as an offensive lineman. Rich Soybert was one of my favorites. In fact, I put out earlier, like, Chris Snee and Rich Soybert are legends of the games, and for at least for the Giants, and I really think Will Hernandez and Kevin Zeitler will be looked at that way, you know, 10 years from now if we get a Super Bowl out of this team. So we appreciate you guys listening. If you haven't listened to the Brandon Jacobs interview, it's out there now. We put all three episodes at one time and a special edition mailbag. So yeah, appreciate it. And if you guys could subscribe, rate, and review, it means a whole lot to us. We got a lot of stuff coming forward, and we're just going to continue grinding. Cannot wait for training camp for less than a month away. So yeah, really appreciate you guys listening. Until next time, folks, let's go Big Blue.